In this episode of Social Media Secrets, we are going to talk about something that makes most people really nervous and uncomfortable. And it's made me nervous and uncomfortable for years until more recently, and that is sales and selling. Now, I titled this one today, Sleazy or Sales, uh, because sometimes we kind of associate sales with like the worst of the industry. I want you to think of an, an industry that you've worked in before. And, you know, I've worked in the restaurant industry. I've worked in the beauty and hair industry. Uh, I've worked in the franchising industry. I haven't worked in too many different industries. I've worked in, in um, the fast food uh, industry. I'm making it sound all fancy. I worked at Taco Bell. <laughs> but um, what's so neat uh, is in each and every single industry, there are really, really great examples of how to do things well and how to care and how to do it naturally. There are also terrible, I don't know what else to call it, but I'm just going to say bottom feeders. There are people who run their portion of the industry so terribly that it gives the industry a bad name. Now, I will say that I've seen a lot in the space of business, marketing, uh, the world of online, uh, coaches. I've seen a lot of I don't really know what else to call them. So I'm literally just going to go with bottom feeders where they, they learn something. They don't ever think like, is this right? Is this honest? Is this fair? Is this legal? Is this ethical? Is this moral? And so they just pull out every single trick in the entire book and they'll do anything to get a sale. And they know that there's people who will always buy, especially when you use undue, <laughs> undue manipulation tactics, etc. That is not what this episode is about today. Today, I want to support you with getting 10 amazing ways to help make selling feel super, super, wonderfully natural and to still feel good about it, plus make sales. Now, the reason that I'm sharing this is because marketing has always been very comfortable for me and selling to clients in our agency has always been pretty darn comfortable for me. But when it comes to selling sometimes like our courses or different offers or sharing something new, I get nervous, especially if it's going to be live, like on a training or uh, at an event. That's kind of a scary situation. In fact, I remember one year when I made an offer from stage and one of my buddies, um, Peng Jun, he actually said, like, regardless of the results that you get, you have to recognize that you just did what most people, most entrepreneurs will never do. So choosing to make a sale live and present an offer live is something that most people shy away from because I'll be honest with you, it is very nerve wracking. It feels very vulnerable. You kind of open yourself up to some criticism in that moment, um, sometimes un completely unfair criticism. But I want to remind you that sales can be wonderful. And I'm so glad I persisted because I've really broken through the barrier of sales being something that were absolutely terrifying to me to suddenly sales being like, this can be a wonderful experience that's a win-win for all parties involved. So let's dive on in. Number one, it's super helpful to inform people that there will be an offer and that the offer is optional. More on that later. I found that when I don't pre-frame that there will be an offer, people get upset because suddenly they're like, was everything in this whole entire training just a ploy to get me to buy something? Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever been a part of a training or a webinar or something where you realized in hindsight that there was actually not value. Everything was just prepping you for the, the pitch. That is 
a tactic. It is a little bit of kind of manipulation. And what I want to say about it is that when you inform people that there will be an offer, it actually changes the entire, the pressure people feeling from like they're being tricked or whatever is going on. You really and truly can allow people to feel more honored, catch that word, more honored through the process. So instead of trying to like surprise attack them with like a sale at the end you can instead inform them and then there's no surprises and way less people will feel hurt tricked betrayed etc so remove that layer of surprise and it is a game changer number two i also really like to uh tell people and make it clear when i'm making the offer that you can leave like, it's totally okay to leave. So I learned this one from Russell Brunson. He says, is it okay if I make an offer? And most people will say yes or sure or whatever. That's awesome. That is permission-based selling. You're giving, getting permission to sell. You don't need permission to sell, but my goodness, does it really help the whole process and make you feel so much better? And occasionally someone will say no. And I'll say, okay, if you're not all right with it, now would be a good time to leave. Uh, because that's where we're going. The fourth, the third thing that I want to share, and this is super helpful, is that you don't have to trick people in order to sell. Um, this is a big one, and I, I really truly believe this. Um, there are several different ways that I see this one because sometimes people feel the need to like trick people or sh share like there's all these secrets like. Uh, you know, secret number one leads to still another ambiguous secret. And then that secret's answer is only revealed in the offer or whatever. You don't have to do that. You don't have to hold back information, which I'll talk about in a moment. Um, you don't have to trick people to sell them. You don't have to get them bought into hype or anything like that. You can be yourself. For example, like today, as I'm, I'm recording this podcast, I'm on day two with no coffee or caffeine and I am a little like lower energy. I'm kind of stumbling over my words. I look more tired. Um, I would still do a training today and it would be awesome. And I'd say straight up, like I'm a little lower energy today, but I'm still going to bring value and I'm excited. You can just be yourself. You can be honest. You can be transparent. People will ask me questions like, uh, have you actually made any money as a freelancer? And I'm like, I'm happy to share some of my ballpark numbers. Like you can honestly just have fun with it. Be yourself. Number four, this is one of my absolute favorites. And I didn't learn this one from anyone. I just went with my heart and it felt so right. And it changed the game completely. So after I share with people that I'm going to make an offer, I actually reassure people that they still have value, even if they never buy a single thing from me. So I make it super clear and I actually ask people to agree if they, if they feel it. Like if you feel it, drop a yes in the chat. And so I'll say it like this. I want to remind you, even if you never buy a single thing from me, you are always welcome to join my free trainings. I value you and I'm rooting for you. You don't have to buy anything from me in order for me to be rooting for you endlessly. So just keep that in mind. Do you guys understand that? Drop a yes. Pretty cool, right? It's one of my favorite things because it removes a layer of shame. I actually once heard someone say recently, uh, they said, you have to be careful to not remove shame before a sale because if you remove shame, it's going to actually remove a huge mechanism in the sales process. And I was like, 
I actually think the exact opposite is true. I actually believe that being someone who's willing to say, hey, listen, I might technically get less sales for this, but I'm going to remove some shame because the truth is this is something you need to know. Like this, I value you hearing this and knowing this and experiencing transformation more than I value the potential sale that you can make at the end of this. And so I want to just remind you that you don't have to shame people. You don't have to go by anyone else's book. You can totally change the different levers that you use. For example, I replace um, relying on shame and guilt with giving people as much freedom and transparent information as humanly possible on my trainings. And you know what I have to say? I love our sales conversion numbers. Uh, to give a little context before I go any further, because this is important. In the past, I used to close somewhere between zero and 5%. Um, and, and it's not all about the numbers, but sometimes the numbers are helpful indications of where progress is going. So I used to close somewhere between zero and 5%. I finished so many offers with 0% in the past. Um, sometimes it would be 1%. Sometimes we'd get to 3%. I'd be really satisfied with that progress. And today... We haven't actually even seen 5% in probably almost a year. So we close pretty consistently between 7 and 15% with some of our offers closing at 20 to 22%. Not everyone. Those are outliers. And I want to share that because growth is something that happens over time. And I used to think if I didn't listen to every single thing that all of the sales gurus said that I wouldn't get great results, but there is not a human alive that can argue with the numbers that we get now. And so I'm going to continually, I use the numbers to remind myself to trust myself. And I want to encourage you to do the same thing. If something feels icky, don't do it. If something feels misaligned with your, your morals or your core beliefs, you don't have to. You can find a way to make selling just feel like this wonderful process. And I'll keep talking about the different levers that you can use. Isn't this kind of a cool topic? I, I like talking about this because it used to be so scary and so intimidating to me. All right, number five. Now, this one's nuanced, okay? This is an importantly nuanced one. And what I mean by that is this is one of those things where if you ask me a question about it, I would say it depends, okay? So I personally like to imagine the training as two separate sections. Technically, there's five, but we'll just break it into two for now. The actual training and the offer. And I like for both to be great experiences. So I ask myself, if I were to remove the offer, did people still get value from this training? And if the answer is yes, cool. I've earned the ability to do an offer. Um, and, and the second question is, do I feel really good about this offer? And if the answer is no, then I'm not going to add it at the end of my training. Kind of a cool way to look at it, right? Now, there are some nuances. For example, there are certain ways to architect the way that you teach in order to encourage people to make a sale at the end. But you don't even have to work too much on that as much as you work on making sure that your training is full of value and that your offer is something you can truly stand behind. Number six, this one's really interesting. I don't know if you guys have friends or family who have ever uh, invested into something where you found out later and in hindsight you were mortified because you were like, no, 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 no. That's a scam. That's a scam. And you suddenly felt super protective over them. I like to imagine someone else's grandma watching my training 
and potentially bang my offer. And I would like to put myself in the shoes of their grandkids. Would their grandkids feel like I was trying to help them or trying to trick them and just get a sale? If they couldn't show that training and the offer to their grandkids and their grandkids say, it was an amazing training, like, yep, I can see this and let's weigh the offer at face value, then I'm not doing something right. I always think about the people who um, have been taken advantage of people like uh, the the twin tindler t- I can't even say that word tinder swindler or um even at times like Anna Anna Delvey that whole situation um or Anna Sorokin or even um we watched a, a train a movie a documentary lately where it was just breaking down like how people get scammed and conned and my biggest thought is so many times family feels absolutely powerless and they're like, what is my family member buying? Is this a cult? Is this, um, is this a scam? Like, are they being conned? And so I like to always think, I want to make sure that this training is valuable enough and not trying to trick people so that if someone's grandkids were to watch it, they wouldn't be like, oh, she's just trying to scam my grandma out of X, Y, and Z. I want people to say like, yep. I can see why this is full of value and I can see that this is transparent and I can see etc. and then independently make the decision to buy. Number seven, I could rant on this one for hours, but I won't. If you don't know how to share value without losing your USP, it's time for a uni- new USP because if the only thing that you can do in your entire training is remind people that you have a secret system that just works, you don't have a business that is, ah, I got to choose my words carefully. I don't like your business model. Relying on hiding and gatekeeping and secrets to sell is very dangerous. Um, I wouldn't invest into anything that basically just said over and over and over again, our secret system, our secret system, and that's why you need our secret system. I'd be like, but what is your secret system? Um, and I used to chase secret systems. I don't know about you guys, but I used to always think like, there's something I'm missing. There's something I'm missing. And I'd go and invest into all these programs. And I'm, I'm really grateful because I recently broke that pattern. Um, but when people can't tell me specifically what it is, I can't honestly weigh whether or not this program is going to be worth it. So for example, if someone were to ask me, like, in the social click, what's the secret system that you have? I would say, well, it's not really a secret. My job is to support you with accountability, support, training, coaching, uh, uh, community. I break down every single step in the entire process from finding, securing, onboarding, working with, charging, etc. clients and I have them all systematized and it took me years and hundreds of thousands of dollars of mistakes to learn what to do. I'm not gonna keep anything a secret, but instead, if you can't break down what it actually is without that being the thing that loses the magic, you've missed something. And so for example, sometimes people will be like, we have this, we'll just call it the mega money machine, okay, That's great. I'm glad that you were able to come up with cool names for the words. But my new my my real question to you is this. 
what is it? Is it basically a webinar and a funnel? Is it like, what am I going to get? Like, what am I actually investing into? I'm a huge fan of breaking down the secrecy and instead say like, this is just kind of what it is, you know, and being very honest about that. Number eight, this is one is going to be a mind bend for some of you. Selling is actually a form of service. Did you hear me on that? I'll say it one more time. Selling is actually a form of service because when you've built a relationship with someone and given them value, even if it's online, if you don't make the offer to them, there's going to come a point where them, they, their friends, their family, their network, they have to buy something similar. And if you don't make the offer, guess what they have to go do? They have to go learn someone new, discover if they trust that person, vet that person, go through their trainings, and then decide if they're going to buy it. And that person may not care as much as you. That reminds me a lot. Um, it's it's a wild thing. Uh, I had a student who was kind of annoyed that I didn't sell harder to them because they instead joined a different program. Um, this person's actually still my student. They joined a different program that was the wrong fit, the wrong time, the wrong experience, etc. Spent five figures on something that didn't fit because they were looking for a solution and I didn't offer it. So we've had a conversation recently about this, and he said, I'm so glad that, like, paraphrasing, he said, I'm so glad that you sell now. I'm really glad you sell because the truth is, otherwise we have to go sign up for other people, and we don't know if we can trust other people. And I was like, that's a really interesting concept, and it kind of changed my mindset about selling. It is offering something to someone that they needed to buy potentially anyways and being the one that they can trust. And number 10. If after all of this, your offer isn't converting, it's not actually selling, it's time to do two things. There could be other things that come into play too, but here are two major things that I like to look at. One is it's time to learn some of the things with persuasion. Now, I'm not talking manipulation or using like certain sneaky words or hypnosis in your training, nothing like that. Instead, what I mean is have you ever seen someone who at a dinner party for whatever reason, they could tell a very basic story and everyone stopped and paid attention and listens. That person has mastered persuasion and influence. And there are two fantastic books that I recommend to learn these. Um, the first is Influence by Dr. Robert Cialdini. And the second is Persuasion by Dr. Robert Cialdini. So in, uh, Influence and Persuasion. Now, I personally like to do this a lot because I like learning about this to help me be a more effective communicator no matter what I'm doing. Case in point, um, I recently became the f fifth member of the board of directors of our HOA. And um, I'm the tiebreaker for architectural design, which is kind of cool. Maybe that's actually subconsciously why I bought that book, 101 Things I Learned in Architecture School. Um, but what's interesting is if I don't learn how to effectively communicate so that people will listen, I'm not going to be able to make important changes with our HOA and our community. I'm not going to be able to go to the... I'm not going to be able to go to this city and say, hey, we've noticed that there's a lot of um, like crime on this one particular street and there's no street lamps. Like if I don't learn per, uh, persuasion, I can't effectively create change. And so what's interesting, sometimes I actually wish that 
at times I wish I could like speed up that learning process for me because I did not start as a persuasive person with a lot of influence. Nope. I started as a homeschooled kid who just wanted people to please, please, please pay attention and talk people's ears off and um, et cetera. So I'm still in training ground for how to become an incredibly effective communicator and learning how to persuade people from different sides of whether it's the bench or the court or the aisle, like whatever it is, that is something I want to learn. And so I sometimes imagine like I'm currently in training ground. And I think it's really neat to kind of think about it that way. I'm training for the future where this persuasion and influence is going to come in handy. And I sure hope that by the time I get into a courtroom or before the Supreme Court to stand up for the topics I'm really passionate about, I sure hope I've put in a lot of work to understand persuasion and influence and have practiced a lot. The second thing that you're going to want to look at is learning how to create an irresistible offer. Um, the book I recommend for this is The Irresistible Offer by Mark Joyner. Fantastic book. It's great. Um, No-brainer offers are yes. If people are able to say a lot, let me think about it, and you're not getting sales, it's also time to look at whether or not your offer is irresistible, which means it's a win, 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 win when someone signs up. And number 10, we're actually selling every single day in every single situation. That goes back to where I'm learning persuasion and influence and how to communicate and help people see, see a point. We're selling every single day when we're meeting our kids' teachers, when we are communicating with the people in our neighborhood, when we are going to the principal of our school to talk about a rule change, when we're dating, even sometimes when we're married and want to get our way. Like we are selling every single day in every single situation. So learning sales can actually support every single part of your life. Now, I'm going to share one little interesting added benefit about selling. Um, you get real-time feedback when you sell live, and it is an amazing thing. Um, at first, it's going to be painful, but it's just data. It's helping you to see whether or not you've got it figured out, and that helps me so much. It's such a great reminder. I'm not failing. I just have a few skills i got to work on in order to sell better. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Social Media Secrets. By the way, if you want to learn more about me, about me, no, if you want to learn more from me about the social click, which I've briefly mentioned on this podcast, but we go really deep into the sales process. We go deep into how it is that you can secure high ticket clients, how you can bring a level of clarity and certainty to a client that makes them say, I see the difference between this person's offerings and every other social media manager or freelancer's offerings on the market. If you want to learn more about that, go to www.thesocialclick.com and feel free to apply. I will catch you guys in the next episode. Bye for now.